Yes, it's Tuesday, September 13, the Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you. If you're just tuning in, we're at the St. John's Park Bowling Club in southwest Sydney. What a venue it is, too. A huge screen here and uh, plenty of places to eat and drink. Jay Reynolds joining us on the table here this morning. Clarky, the day off, uh, had it in his diary. He's got a family thing, I think, with his daughter at her school today. So we got in the big guns. The great Jay Reynolds ahead of uh, a couple of semifinals this week. Hugely anticipated. Parramatta up against the Raiders. Laws saying the Raiders can't win. Just foxing as we know. We've got a big... Can't par- win. Everything will be against us. <laughs> We've got a big... Crowd. Oh, seriously. Everything will be against us. Six-day six day turnaround. This six-day turnaround. There, there is nothing more crap than 50, this 50 decisions won't go our way. <laughs> All that. I love it. Just can't win. I love it. We oh. can't win. You can't just keep downplaying. But that, I'm gonna, I'm gonna flip it on. They're behind Penrith. I think they're playing nearly the best footy out of anyone behind Penrith. Par- Parramatta, second favourites for the comp. <laughs> you know, like everything's just against this. No. <laughs> oh, seriously, got those in fine form. Mitch Moses will be playing this weekend. <laughs> Not a better front row pairing than Junior Palo and Regan Campbell Gillard. He's good. Everything's against good us. Logs. We've got a big power hour, power hour coming up. Gutho, obviously, and also Peter Wynn, Eels legend, coming up after the 7.30 news as well. By the way, where we are, St. John's Park, on the cusp of sort of para dogs territory. Well, come on, you're the, you're the local. Yeah. Are we in dogs territory or are we in para territory? Definitely dogs territory, Mido. Okay. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's close. It's mm. on the border, but... You definitely, I think you'd get a lot more dog supporters than, than Parra. Well, actually, no, Parra in the semi, so probably Parra at the moment. <laughs> but at the start of the year, I think it'd be dogs territory. What an amazing venue. I, I know that people, if they've come here before, they know the size of it and everything it has here. But I've just had a bit of a quick walk around. See the butcher? I did. Mm. It's, it's one of the bigger clubs I've been in. It's massive. Great. And they still have the bowling greens. Mm. Out the back, I should challenge you guys to a bowl. Are you a bowler? Lawn, I'm, I'm a 10-pin bowler. Oh, 10-pin bowler. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, probably, not a, probably not a lawn bowler right. just yet, Loz, but I do enjoy I've, I've enjoyed a, a bit of barefoot bowling. Yeah, that's, that's, Sunday that's afternoons, fun. barefoot Cup bowling. 10-pin bowling, you'd, be one of, you'd probably have your own shoes as well. No, I do. bowling alleys. Yeah, yeah, no, I do. <laughs> oh, but I actually wear them normally as yeah, well because yeah, okay. I'm a bit stylish. And you stuff. take your own rag to polish your ball. You do that. <laughs> ball missing out. <laughs> <laughs> morning, Gutho. Good morning, man. How are we? Yeah, really well, thank you. So take us through Friday night. You led 8-7 early in the second half. What do you put the last half hour down to? Um, just incompleted sets. We, we gave them too much ball coming out of the red zone. And um, Look, you can't do that against the best teams. And then uh, we lost Mitchell, lost a few to uh, head knocks, and um, it sort of spiralled out of control. But... Uh, I thought we were right in, as you said, to about the probably 25 minutes to go, we were right in the game. But um, you can't do those, you can't give them cheap ball in the big games. And uh, look, we're lucky enough to get another crack at it. And um, as Loz was saying, we're probably going in as, as underdogs this week. So, uh, we're, oh, we're, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we can't win this week, Cutter. You blokes are just playing great football. And, you know, you're going to have 30,000 people there. The 50 50 calls will go against us. We're no hope. You're reading off the same script, so uh, look, we're looking, <laughs> we're looking forward to Friday night, but um, it's going to be fun. We've got a lot to improve, but uh, we're ready to go. Gutho, as a, as a fullback, mate, when you come up against a guy like Nathan Cleary with his 
kicking mate, expertise, how how much work during the week do you do with your back five just to all be on the same page? Because he probably mixes his kicking game up, you know, as good as anyone. Yeah, that's a hard thing, bro. It's, um he's probably one in the game where you you don't know where he's kicking. He he can be on both sides of the ruck. He can put it wherever he wants, and um, obviously. He chucked a couple of torpies up for Wunger on the weekend and it, and it didn't go Wungy's way, but uh, he got us on a little trick play with a grubber behind the ruck as well. And uh, they're, they're the ones you can't really practice for when, when, you, when you're sort of looking at the video, you're trying to find out where he's kicking. And then uh, he's got Jerome on the left with a the, with the left foot as well, which, which makes it even harder. But um, look, he caught us off guard a couple and we've looked at that and, and trying to um, figure out uh, where we can sort of um, help each other a little bit more and um, but look, they're the hard ones, and again this week they got Jackie on with the left, with the left, and then Fogarty with the right. So uh, we're up for another big challenge. But uh, look, this is what you want to do. You want to try and beat their kickers, and uh, that's what we're going to try to do this week. It's a, uh, can you run me through the the week then, Gutho? Obviously, you know, you look at aspects of that game last weekend, and is the review totally on that game, or is the review totally on what you need to face this weekend? And that's the Raiders, because I'm assuming. They play a little bit differently to each other. Yeah, we we looked at um, certain aspects of the game from the weekend that a uh, few opportunities that we missed, what we need to improve on um, in in these situations, and um, it was more focused. Excuse me, it was more focused on on what we need to do to to be the team. We we sort of went away from the footy we wanted to play, and uh, I don't know if that's from uh, the Panthers' defence or or what we were doing, or um, if we went in a little bit a little bit timid, but. Uh, look, we we went moved on straight away the, the next day and, and started watching. Um, we obviously watched the game on the weekend against uh, the Storm and uh, started putting our focus towards Canberra. And uh, they're, they're they're totally different teams. Uh, Canberra are playing uh, great footy, and um, as I said, they're, they're they're probably coming in. I think Grubbs said they're coming in um, the form team, and they're they're just playing footy. They're they're just playing off the cuff, offloading, um, getting around the field, and. Um, look, sometimes they're the hard ones to prepare for, but um, we're ready for the challenge and, and ready to go. The big storyline this week will be whether Mitch Moses plays or not. Um, I see, uh, I saw him walking around there yesterday at Trown, and how is he within himself? And do you expect him to be there on Friday night? Um, yeah, he, he seems good. He hasn't had any um, sort of headaches or any symptoms lacking from the game. And um, as you said, he was walking around doing doing the protocol stuff yesterday and. Um, since then, he hasn't hasn't had any any more symptoms, so it's it's looking good. But I think he's just got to follow all the all the strict protocol rules and everything that they've got in place. And then, um, look, he seems confident, so hopefully he can play. But um, look, it, it just follow the guidelines and um, hopefully tick it off by the end of the week. Gutho, I th- I think personally you're one of the best, if not the best, support players in the game at the moment. And I always wonder when I watch you guys as a team. You always seem to, to pop up in the right place at the right time. And, you know, sometimes you can be at the back of a player, but then, you know, if Sean Lane runs an outline, you're on the outside of him and you know. Do you have calls for those certain plays, mate, or it's just more of a feel thing for yourself? Uh, just more feel, Grub. It's, uh, you sort of, we've been together for a couple of years now, and um, especially the back end of this year, we, we've sort of just been playing the footy that we want to play. And um, when you, know, you sort of get to know what players do and, uh, we've got Junior in there, Matto, that, that love to play footy, and you just got to be around them at the right time. And uh, same as Laney, you, you get that confidence by by practicing it and, and doing it every day. And uh, I pride myself on on taking those half opportunities and 
and being in the right spot. And um, if I'm not there, they're going to um, sort of rely on me to be there. So I have to be there not to let them down. And uh, like you, get, you go out to play footy to, to not let the bloke next to you down. And uh, that's what I'm trying to do for that 80 minutes. Gutho, did you see the Raiders win against the Storm? If so, what would you make of their performance? And where do you see their specific threats coming from for you this Friday night? Yeah, I watched the game. It was a great game of footy. They've, they've got the wood on them down there at the moment. I think they've, they've won six in a row down in Melbourne since 2018 or 2019. And um, I thought it was a great game of footy. They, they played really tough. And, um, I thought um, Tarpany in the middle with, with Hudson Young and, and Jackie Wyden out wide. They, they just play, as I said, they just, they're just playing footy at the moment and um, just competing on everything. And I think that's what got them on the, the win on the weekend. And um, look, it's hard to... Um, put it down to one player at the moment that, that they're playing so well, but um, we have to just be, go out there and, and play our footy and uh, worry about what we need to do, and, it, and it'll sort of cut down what, what they're doing with the ball as well. Uh, see, I, I reckon that's the key for you, Blake Scutho, is just to let it all out. Let, let, it, let it all out there like you're swinging a golf club. Just have a crack. I, I, yeah, you, I, I just think that sometimes I watch and you tighten up and they you, you fall back into a mindset of completion and I don't know. For me, I reckon your best chance is just to play footy. That's what we need to do. We, we didn't do that on the weekend for probably half an hour, 40 minutes of that game, and uh, we still completed at 66%. We, we complete high when we go out and, and do play the footy and, and throw the ball around, and um, that's what we need to do. You, you've been saying it all year, Loz, and uh, we, we need to listen to you. We, we need to go out there and do it, and um, we, we complete high when we're playing the footy and... and and playing shape that we see and, and just playing off the cuff. So we need to go out there and do that. And uh, look, we've got a good week of training and uh, we're back at home. So we're looking forward to the challenge. Do you see the South Roosters game, Gutho? What do you make of it? So much debate about uh, whether it was good for the game, bad for the game. As, as, a, as a player right now, did you think, you know, referee was a bit heavy-handed? What do you make of it all? Look, I'm still tired from watching it. I was sitting on the couch exhausted. But I, don't, I don't know what was going on most of that, most of that game, but... Um, look, it probably. I thought. I, I thought watching it, it, it was it was good. But look, it obviously seven sin bins in the in the game is is not good for the game and and not good for the for the that game in general. But sitting at home watching it, I thought both teams were just trying to stamp their authority and um, South did it for a little bit longer and got the win. But um, look, I don't really. A lot of those high tackles probably were ten in the bin that they were coming in with his ten and, and trying to take, take take each other's sort of. Uh, heads off, but um, that, that's the way that game sort of panned out. And uh, we've been pretty good and, and disciplined with with when we need to be aggressive. We're, we're getting the right target area and, and taking the rest out of it. So um, it, it's up to the player and the teams in in general to to take the rest out of it. You don't want to um, leave your team man down. And um, in that case, but they had two two in the business um, two two times. Gutho, as as a captain, put yourself in that game. Is it hard to to speak to the refs? when all that's going on. What, what would be your approach in that game? Are you calm when you're going up to the rest, even if you've got four in the sin bin, two at the same time? And, you know, as you said, a couple were, you know, warranted, but a couple probably weren't. Like, do you struggle yeah. as a captain to, to speak to the ref sometimes? It's, yeah, it, it does. Uh, to be honest with you, it, sometimes it gets out of your control as well. You, you don't really you try and talk to them, but they try, they've got too much going on in the game that they're trying to sort out and... and they're thinking about, they're listening to uh, the bunker in their ear. They're thinking about what happened to play before. They're thinking about if the high contact was, was deli- um, careless, if it was, you know what I mean? All that stuff's going on. And 
you're just trying to talk to him and, and calm the game down and you sort of don't get a word in and then you get back into it again and then it just snowballs and uh, we've been in games this year where you try and talk to the ref and uh, they don't really want to want to talk to you or they want the game to move in and I think the bunker slowing it down makes it even worse and we're looking at every angle and um, look, it, it does get frustrating but we just got to, as I said, we got to worry about what we're doing as a team and um, we got to try and take that out of the game for us and and just make sure we're being real clean and disciplined. This is an interesting one, Gutho, because I think if you've played the game at that high level, you, you know what's at stake. I think most players at some point in time have tried to con a penalty from a referee. Mm. But you look at it now <laughs> as, a, as an ex-player and you're watching it and you see it happen all the time, yeah. it becomes frustrating. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Can you get rid of it, or is it just always going to be part of the game? Look, it's, it is frustrating. Even when you're playing, it's frustrating. And um, look, we're not gonna, as you said, every player has probably done it and, and tried to get a penalty. But I thought on the weekend it went to another level. And um, it, you want to win. I understand every every single player wants to win it and wants that team to win. And if you think you get clipped high and it's in a big part of the game, you're going to try and get that penalty. But I, I don't know how we fix it or, or if we can fix it, but I just think if, if the ref doesn't see it or um, if, if there's not an injury, it should just be play on and, and dealt with after if, if if that's the case, if it needs to be dealt with. But I think uh, the, the laying down and, and just and just sitting on the ground and waiting for something to happen, um, that's, the, that's the bad part of the game at the moment. And um, I think if someone does just sit there and, and wait for something, it, it, it seemed like it was about... Uh, it was a 30-second to a minute wait before the, the referee had, had had a word from the bunker that it should have been a penalty. So I thought um, some teams probably play into that into that a little bit and, and, and need that minute rest and, and get back into it after that. But, look, it's a... It's a, it's a I, don't, I don't know how to, how to mm. fix it or what we can do to fix it. You just keep playing that underdog card, Gutho. Mm-hmm. Right, massive underdogs. It's, it's going to oh, you should be winning by 30 this week, Gutho. <laughs> I, I think the Canberra fans have bought all the tickets. So, look, it's going to be a home game for them. I know Loz is going to be out there hitting the drums for them and doing the clap, So uh, I'm blowing the horn. Horatio <laughs> <laughs> Hornblower. <laughs> Mate, you appreciate your time as always. Uh, go well Friday night. Thanks, guys. Have a great one. Good on you, Gutho. They are favourites, by the way, with Tap. $1.53 the Eels. $2.50 the Raiders. Five and a half is the line. Raiders, the plus. Oh, look, I want Parramatta to do well. <laughs> what? <laughs> I want Parramatta to do well. What? Well, hold on. What does that mean? No, that's too far. What are all the, the diehard Canberra fans thinking when you say that right then? They I want, do want them to do they well. They know that he's yeah. pulling the leg. Big well, time. It's going to be t- too tough for us. Oh, we're going to travel down the day of the game. Mate, to tell you bad we're going. We still have Griffo driving the bus and he's still rubbing everyone when they get there. Oh, I tell you bad we're going. I can't get God love you, Bobby. <laughs> going to take a quick break. Well, lo and behold, it's amazing who walk in uh, to places like the St John's Park Bowling Club, a couple of Balmain legends, Gary Jack and Steve Blocker Roach. Good morning, gentlemen. <laughs> Invoicing. Who do I invoice? <laughs> I'll only be on for a couple of minutes. No, I'll, I'll do this one for a freebie. Uh, St. John's Bark Bowling Club. I mean, Have you been big, here before? How, no. How no. big is this joint? Where are the bowlers? <laughs> is this a bowling? Like, how big is this joint? It's massive. You know, they've got a butcher shop here. What? A butcher shop. What sort of meat? 
Uh, Angus, is it good? Yep. Is the bloke in the old blue and white, like, apron and all that sort of stuff? Oh, the butcher's coat. The butcher's coat? Yes. Hey? Oh, no, well, I, there was no one there when I had a look earlier this morning. Great display, though. But it is you know, you know, when the blokes really, you know, when the blokes really thin. You go, mate, I've seen more fat on a butcher's pencil. <laughs> Remember how they like, yes. when they write down and they got the little write it all down. Yeah. Then they put it behind their ear. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Instead of wax, they got fat meat oh, fat in their ears. Mm. What are you doing out here, mate? Mate, I'm working for sure. Mate. Boys, opportunity knocks Mate, I I do a fair bit of work with Shawvision We do all the big screens And we're doing something with the Kosciuszko So we're doing a draw today And we've got all the the horses drawn on the screen And thank you very much Gee, that's good service That is good service (laughs) Just got a coffee Hey boys, on the weekend Come on, man What's going on? Totola gets sent to the sin bin Look, look, if you hit someone on the chin You should be sent off Or if you hit them flush Get sent off Or 10 minutes in the sin bin Whatever it is I don't think anyone's arguing about that we're a hard I'm not arguing about any of Burgess, yeah. all that. that but that, that, I'm, 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 arguing, I'm arguing about the soft ones. It yeah. is a semi-final. Yeah. It is state of origin when they play in state of origin. They've wrapped that up now. You know, come on, fellas. Yeah. What's going on? I, I, mate, I don't know. You, you've been a part of a block. So this is what I want to go. Give me the mentality of a front rower in a big game, whether it's an origin. A big game. A, a semi-final. Can I be on? Can I be Mate, up front? And well, well, when you played, I mean, <laughs> yeah. when you played, I mean, can I be things honest? have been changed. Yeah, you, you want me to? You wanted to what? Kill or be killed? Mm. You wanted to rip people's heads off. Well, mate, and, was, again, we, we don't want to mate, see that. We understand yeah. that. But a front rower's mentality is to try and be as aggressive as he can, yeah. play within the rules, but sometimes it goes wrong. Well, see, see the thing is, Loz... You, and you get punished for that when do. it does go wrong. Oh, mate, and, and yeah. deservedly, deservedly so. Deservedly so, yeah. Mate, the thing is, with that position and playing in big games... You can't tip your toe in the water. You can't. You can't go. Oh, you know, I'm just gonna, mate. Like, I'm gonna say it. The sixes or the sevens, they can sit back and just have a little bit of look mm. at the game. If I sit back for the first twenty <laughs> minutes and have a look, the coach goes, "Mate, you're off. What are you doing?" Yeah. Well, mate, the you sixes and sevens don't have to run <laughs> nah, it's, if it's, they don't want to. It's so yeah. early in the game. It's so different. And block a question for you. Back, at, back when you were playing, say you played in that game on the weekend, the South Roosters one, yeah. and, you, and you've come out and you've, and you've hit someone in the head, you know, by accident, not by accident, would your mentality the next week change? Would you think, oh, I might have to be careful here because no. I'm going to get 10 in the bin? No. No? No. A lot, a lot of times it bounces off the ball or whatever. Yeah. Mate, back when I was playing, like, you knew you, knew you were going to get whacked in the mellow. Yeah. I mean, I oh, know. Well, when not, you came up against Les Davidson, I mean, well, you're not, not running out there thing. thinking, oh, this will be easy. Oh, hey, Les, talk to him in a scrum. How, how are you, mate? How about we take it easy today? You're great mates off the field, yeah. of course. But on the field, mate, it was uh, it was war. Mate, and, and playing against those packs, you know, like, you know, the, the Bulldogs pack, you know, with Peter Kelly and Tunksy and, you know, Steve Folks well, and all those. The Bulldogs of... Bulldogs of the Dogs of War. Dogs of War, Mate, yeah. Cement Gillespie, hmm. mate... They used to. Oh, I know it was bad to talk about it now, but they used to. The, yeah, we don't condone. No, we don't condone violence. Right. But yes. mate, the touch judges had come in, and they they used to wear these ice hockey pads with. You remember them, Los? Yeah, I do. Ice hockey pads with yeah. hard plastic on them. So the the touch judges used to come in and check everyone out. You know, check your boots and your studs and all that. I don't think they do that now because it's moulded uh, soles or whatever. That, Joshy. Yeah, but, they come in and check your fingernails. Yeah, and, uh, yeah they should do it's, all it's that. It's a very, very, very vague, quick, yeah. vague oh, check. Oh, is it a vague yeah. check? <laughs> very vague, So, yeah. So they, the, the touch judges and everything would go out, and then they put their ice hockey pads on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, oh, mate I, got, I got a few broken noses with Steve Fakes. God rest his soul. We played a lot of footy together. But, mate, he'd bend down 
and then all of a sudden spring up and hit you right oh, on the beak. You know who else did do that? Yeah. And I don't think he wore the pads. The great T. Lamb. Oh, Terry. Oh, 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 mate. Mate, Terry Ram, mate, he was a 5'8 in a front row. <laughs> you know, in a front row's <laughs> mentality. I, mate, last I, time I, I told I'm you. I'm yeah, trying to crack you. Yeah. I was telling Grubby about Var in the car last week. Yeah. I said, mate, he was just that oh. tough bar. Mate, he got Hillary Hanley in the 88 grand final. You remember that? Yeah. They all talk about that, mate. He got him good. I said, mate, Bar, did you? Like, Bar wasn't a big bloke, <laughs> mate. Oh my God, he was tough. Mate, I said to him, mate, you, you would have had to get a little stepladder out there to get up to him. You know? But they got him, mate, and, uh, and, and that, mate, that was the end of the Tigers. But we, we talk about, um, you know, we talk about, you know, putting blokes on the chopping block yeah. and all that sort of stuff. I, I'm sure, you know, we wouldn't have made the grand final if it wasn't for Ellery Hanley, Hanley, mate, because he, mate, he was on a roll. I've never seen a bloke that, to take the game mm. by the scruff of the neck. And in the grand final, they went after him. And uh, and they got, they got him, him, and that and that was it, mate. He was he was still stumbling at midnight. We'll talk about this more on Thursday. Thanks Can't for coming wait. on, mate. Uh, You're coming back, opportunity, Thursday. my pleasure. Opportunity. Yeah. opportunity. Thursday's the pace. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate. Some good news too. Put GST on it as well. GST. Yeah. I've always added GST too. <laughs> hey, good to see me, old mate Jimmy Jack too, mate. What, mate? What a warrior, mate. There was no there was no tougher than him bringing the ball back, yeah. and blokes made breaks. There was no, oh, there's no waiting to see if he passed the ball. Or <laughs> Jimmy used to put him in row 27. Anyway, good to talk Thank to you, you boys. Take care. See you, Blocky. Bye. Last night, England beat South Africa by nine wickets to clinch that three-test series 2-1 with that victory at the Oval. Uh, now, yesterday in motorsport, some great news for Australian Will Power, the 41-year-old Aussie. He clinched his second IndyCar Drivers' Championship after he finished third. In the season-ending Monterey Grand Prix, won his previous title back in 2014. In the US Open final yesterday, 19-year-old Spaniard Carlos Alcaraz has become the youngest man to be the world number one. He won that final in four sets against Norway's Kasper Ruud. Uh, now, also some news in football. Football Australia has received federal government approval for its match against New Zealand at Suncorp on Thursday week to go ahead despite a public holiday, of course, being called to mourn the Queen's death. And Graham Arnold will name his squad for that tomorrow. The Matildas, by the way, are set to host African Cup of Nations champs South Africa October 8 in London at a venue that is to be announced. And uh, news overnight and this morning that Tom Rogic, the Socceroo, was signed with Championship Club West Brom on a one-year deal. So he'll play for many, just Steve Bruce there. They're 16th in the championship at the moment. They have just one win in their first eight games, but uh, good for him to hopefully get some game time in ahead of the World Cup. Hasn't been seen since playing for Celtic, of course, at the end of last season when he was with uh, Ange Postacoglu there and uh, was mysteriously absent from the Socceroos World Cup qualifiers that saw us get through uh, to the tournament in Qatar. Now, it's a big Parramatta hour here on the show. We spoke to Gutho, of course, just after the news about half an hour ago. And joining us now on the line, Eels legend, Peter Wynn. Peter, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, Jared. Morning, Lauren. Morning, Josh. Thank you for having me on. No, great to have you on the show. Hey, first, I wanted to ask you, just for our audience, tell us about when you met the Queen. Yeah, that was probably certainly reflecting on it now. It's one of the highlights of my life. Actually, I was part of the, the Australian Rugby League team, and we were invited to meet the Queen at a state reception at the Sheridan uh, Hilton uh, Sheridan High Park, Hilton Park down there in, in Sydney on a, on a Tuesday night by the then Premier and, and all the members of Parliament. 
Anyway, I was standing there talking to all the boys that were in the team those days. We're all dressed up nice in our suits, the Australian rugby league suit, and in walked the Queen, followed by Prince Philip. And I just can't believe she just walked straight towards me, and I just got eye contact with her, and she walked over to me. And, and the first thing I said to her, that I said, oh, you're opening our new stadium on Friday. And she said, oh, do you play for the Parramatta Reels? I said, yes. And she said, uh, is it a new stadium or has it been used before? And I said to her, it's a brand new stadium, never been used. She said, I'm so happy to hear that. She said, often I'm invited to these functions and uh, to, buy, to open different things that have already been used once before, but I'm very happy about that. And, and good luck to you. And I said, thank you. And then the next year was Michael O'Connor. Snoz says to her, I've met you before at Buckingham Palace. And I couldn't believe it. She said, oh, were you with the Australian schoolboys team? And she said, yes. And it's nice, yeah, 1978, we were there. And she said, yes, I remember you. And, and off she went. But, but her to have that knowledge, for her to be prepared like she was for what was happening in her itinerary, mate, I was just blown away. She's a beautiful woman, impeccably dressed. Her skin was immaculate. And I had my wife with me, and she, she commented, oh, wow, what, a, what an amazing woman. You know, what an opportunity that was. So that's how it was back in 1986, so many years ago. And, of course, she bore us a bit of luck, too, boys. She won the... Won our first game against St George that year at uh, Parramatta Stadium. Of course, we're on to win the Premiership. Well, the Eels' last Premiership, if I put it in this perspective. Well, uh, you mentioned the Eels' last Premiership, Winnie, and you know how, how it. Well, how do you think the boys are placed this year? Because most people that you talk to say that this is their best opportunity in a long while to win a comp. You finish in the top four. Maybe gives you such a big advantage. And, and the Eels have done that. They've lost one game. They're, they're able to go back into the, into the bunkers, watch the replay of, of why they lost that game against Penrith. They can then look at how, how Canberra went about winning their game against the Storm. So they've got the best preparation going. You know, like, I just think that was a bit of a knock for them last Friday night. But they're good enough, strong enough. They've won it that bad enough. And, you know, it's there to be had. I certainly do know. I'm, I'm more a fan these days, Liza, as you can imagine. And... Uh, I hear so much from the fans that you're exactly right. The fans are just hanging out for another premiership. And they do believe the same thing, that the Eels are in the best position to win the comp if they're good enough. Peter, as, as an ex-Para great, do you, there's a perception of Parramatta when it comes to, I suppose, semi-final football that they start get, getting a little bit shaky. Do you, do you think this happens to them uh, year in, year out? And, and what do you think they need to do to change that? And, you know, I suppose you're going to use your own experience. The first semi-final, the first final that I played in was the major semi-final in 1979 against St. George. And you know what? We got beaten. I'm still recovering from that. You know, that, that, how many years ago was that? I'm recovering from because we were beaten, I think, 15-11, and then St. George went on and won the grand final. We played the following week against Canterbury and got beaten, and we missed even the t- playing in the grand final. But you never recover. I mean, I think that's, that game last Friday night, the players are fair income. You know, they've, they've really got to use that to their advantage and, 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 and put it behind them and, and, and learn that feeling of losing a semi-final. You can't... You know, there's, there's nothing so... Um, I don't know what it is. It's demoralised you. So if you take that on board, you know, and, you know it's to an advantage for them. But then you reflect on other semi-finals that you've played in when you've won finals and the next thing you're in the grand final. And that excitement, that buzz of getting into the grand final, of a semi-final, of a final, of a preliminary final win. There's nothing like it. You know, to experience that, I feel very lucky. I just hope that these guys can put that, use that bit of thought in their mentality and just get out there and give it every shot they've got this Friday night. But, you know, yeah, I suppose you're right. They finished the top four a couple of years ago and lost two in a row. You know, last year, you know, we, we got knocked over pretty early. So you've got to put that behind you, though, you know, and just move forward. 
We're speaking with Parramatta great Peter Wynn. Peter, should Mitch Moses be allowed to play? My career, I got knocked out a few times in the army around about six weeks there at one stage. You know when you're ready to play yourself, you know, you don't need a doctor to see you play. If he's right to play, he gets out there and plays. You know, so, so much is being made of the head eyes this day and age. And, and I, I give the league credit for, you know, addressing this issue because it does impact on the player quite severely. But I think Mitchell knows if he's right to play. If he's right, just get out there and give it your best shot. Mm-hmm. I, I think Parramatta's best football is good enough to win this game uh, winning, and not only win this game, but to actually win the competition. But I just find at times they look as though they may go into their shell and they tighten up. How do you see Parramatta as a footy club and do you see their best winning it this year? The game's one in the forwards. I don't know what Loss thinks, but what Josh thinks, I just know how tough it is out there. I just just comparing those two packs of forwards. I mean, uh, you can't underestimate King and Virginia. I mean, that's Harley and Tapini. Tapini, I think I've said it right. Whitehead and um, Hudson Young. Gee, they were brutal at the weekend. Our blokes, you know, Junior Paulo, uh, Big Campbell, Reed and Dillard, they're big and tough men. You know, they, they can match Campbell. But, you know, and our force can match the more fronts of Lane and Tapali and Madison. They really get a chance to stand up against a pretty good pack of forwards this weekend. So, to me, whoever wins at the forward battle, that's gonna, they're going to win the game. You know, it's there to be taken. How matter want it bad enough? And these guys have prepared to put their bodies on the line and prepared to do whatever it takes. You know, it's going to take a backward step. You know, face take camber up front. And I really think we've got the back. You know, the backs to finish the job off. But uh, that for me, maybe that little, our little hooker. It's time for him to step up. Little Reed Marnie and create a bit of havoc around the ruck area up against those bigger forwards of Canberra. You know, there might be a few gaps there. And maybe he's the, he's the link. The whole whole key to Parramatta's win. Peter, that was actually going to be my next question about Reed. I think he's one of the best you know, hookers in the game. Um, and everyone obviously talks about Canberra's big pack, and don't get me wrong, they're big. They're probably one of the best packs in the game at the moment. But I think sometimes it's best to go after you know, someone's, someone's best point. Canberra are confident at the moment, but if Reed can get in behind the ruck a little bit, I think that's where they can create some, some havoc through the middle. Do, do you agree with that, mate? I agree with that. Yeah, the big blokes... When they're hitting it up straight and hard, you know you know where they are. But when, when you've got a couple of players you step around a bit, like um, you know Whitehead and Hudson Young, you know you just got to be aware of that. But for Reed Marnie, he's got to get in that dummy half and have his eyes open, see get 480 degree view of what's going on out there. Obviously, he's going to get called from his half five eight situation either side of the ruck. But when that opportunity's there, he's just got to get down low. And what old Jack used to say, if you get close to the line, get down low and bar it in. You know, so it's up already to get down low so they can't get him up. Get him up. Oh, he's only a little guy, but he's got plenty of tenacity and plenty of speed about him. So, yeah, I think a lot depends on him. He's got to get good good passes, you know, to his support plan. He's got to get in and take every opportunity when it's presented. Because they don't present themselves that often in semi-finals. You've just got to have the awareness and take them and go on every play, I suppose, is the old saying. When he... You mentioned um, you know, Jack Gibson there before, um, and we're talking about coaches and you know winning big games. And Jack before a big game, you know, I was lucky enough to have him as my coach in State of Origin. He wasn't one for great words and 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 you know motivational speeches. But, you know, what, what did he say to you guys before you run out? Because I'm assuming he wouldn't have said a great deal, but the point of the message would have hit you straight between the. The eyes. 
still lucky to play on him, of course, in state of origin. And you know, Jack was pretty low key, but I think just his mere presence in the dressing shed when Jack walked in, you knew you were doing it for yourself, you knew you were doing it for him, you knew you were doing it for your, your supporters out in the fans. But before every game, Jack would always have a sit down, just like they do now in a little circle. And Jack wouldn't say too much, you know, he, he might just, just look around at everybody individually and just give a nod of the head. There wasn't much come out of Jack's, you know, Jack's head before a game. And at half time, it was the same, it was the same thing. We'd walk in, get our glass of power raid and sit down and Jack would just go through a few stats. You might just pick someone out of your, your tackle count a bit low. But that's all he said. And you knew yourself whether or not your tackle count was down. And for him saying that, it was a motivation in himself to get out there and pick that side up. Or he, or he might say to someone, you know, you've thrown a couple of bad passes there. He, he didn't get up here for making the mistakes. No way. But he just said enough in those concise little words to get the message home that, you know, you need to pick your socks up, up when you get back out there in the second half. And before again, going back to what you first asked me, Lars, it's the same thing, you know. He wouldn't say too much. He just said, boys, we're ready. We've done the hard work. Nothing has to change. Just do what we've done all week. And that was it. And out we go, you know. Like, touch one or two blokes in the back on the shoulder. They walked past him. But he didn't really point anyone out individually. You know, during the week, that was all done. And when it comes to game day, as Jack said, it's game day. That's it. We've done all the hard work during the week. Peter, how's the knee? I think you had a similar thing to Loz where you played on when he could have had the surgery at the time, chose to play on, of course, and now here you go, you have to have the surgery later in life. Yeah, you know, that was that was a crossroads of my career as well. That was back in 1981. I was about five minutes out from half-time at Cumberland Oval, and um, you're fit and strong. You've done all the hard work during the off-season, and hit the ball up in a tap kick. I think Stella passed me the ball, and then all of a sudden, Dr. George Papanis played with the hooker for... Bulldogs those days jumped out from nowhere to hit me in the knee and the knee went wobbly, laws and then um, went off at half time and Jack came up to me and said, you all right? I said, yeah, Jack, I'm all right. And I played the whole second half, but that was it. Had an afterscope and I snapped the posterior cruciate ligament. Uh, didn't play for 12 months. I think if I had it all over again, you'd have been wiser. And But I just think the wanting to play the game, you know, the fitness that you had, you just thought you were, you know, you thought you were invincible. I certainly didn't think I was invincible, but... Now, that was 40-odd years ago, and so I finally got it fixed. So there'll be no more living around, boys. <laughs> I might have the other catch. If I play against Loz, I get him off the other catch. <laughs> and no doubt the Western yeah. Sydney team's being successful. That helps jumper sales, surely. Out there at the moment, like you said before, you know, the fans are hanging out. They're, they're ready for Friday night. You know, they're coming to their stock, whatever is left there to pick up their jerseys, their colours, their flags, or whatever, you know, but... Yeah, a lot of anticipation. It's a big build-up, isn't it? Amazing ground to be played at two complex stadiums. Big for Canberra Raiders to come to town. So, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's an enormous game in the scheme of things. Well, Peter, we really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, enjoy the rest of the finals. And for your sake, hopefully Para. Well, Loz is foxing. Loz says the Raiders have got no chance. We know that he's Ooh. telling fibs. Uh, Parramatta will be too strong. Hey, Loz, I think I heard uh, your coach playing at low key the weekend as well, you yeah. know. But I'll just give Josh Reynolds one tip, okay? Jack gives his words to me when I give the knee. He said, mate, don't retire. If you're a long-time <laughs> retired play as long as you can, all right? So keep going, yeah. Josh, all right? Ah, thank you, mate. <laughs> I've heard that a lot lately, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah right. you're you're still got that I appreciate that. Yeah, cheers, mate. You're a long-time retired, eh, Loz? <laughs> you certainly are, Winnie. Great to have you on this morning, mate. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And I have to say, Loz, go power. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> Brad Davidson, good morning to you. Morning guys, how are we?
Really well, thank you. So out of Saturday's Rose Hill meeting, we now have in secret $4, Golden Mile $6. This Godolphin pairing, the top two in the market for the Golden Rose, two weeks out. What did you make of their performances? Yeah, they're both super impressive, weren't they, guys? And, and deserving to be at the top of the market for the, the Golden Rose in a fortnight in secret. We had a query, didn't we, over that San Domenico form and whether those Colts were the were the, the real deal. And well, she put him to the sword there on the weekend. I think it's fair to say she got a lovely run off that hot speed. And yes, best of Bordeaux was taken on to a degree, but look, her strength late suggests that uh, that she's got that form line covered. So it might just be a case of if she can knock off the, the stable mate, Golden Mile, and you know he won the Big Dynasty just as impressively. And, and uh, look, generally the run to the rose would be the, the better form line, but look, he's, he's ticked that box for 1,400 metres now, and uh, they're definitely the, the two to beat, you would have to say, going towards the, the Golden Rose in a fortnight. Mate, did you like I'm Thunderstruck's win in the Maccabi Diva? Yeah, gee, it was uh, impressive, wasn't it? Um, I said on Friday, guys, that barrier one was the, the niggle, um, and he just got held up for, for probably... About 50 to 100 metres there at the top of the straight, could get a run and then was able to get out, get back towards the inside and, and just get over the top of Alligator Blood, who was well ridden out in front by uh, Timmy Clark and, and looked look to have the race won. But I'm thunderstruck that late strength was, was outstanding. Yeah, I think he's third favourite now, guys, for the Cox Plate behind Animo and Zaki and hard to argue with that the way he is progressing this preparation as well. He, I think it's fair to say compared to the autumn, he's definitely come back a bit sharper. Um, he took a few runs in the autumn to, to really hit his straps and show that turn of speed that he's been showing this time in. So for him to be able to overcome trouble there on the weekend and win that Group 1 in, in, in good, strong style late was very impressive and, and serves the 2000 look out. I'm really excited the way uh, the cost plate's shaping up this year with all these uh, really good horses going to clash on the big day. What did you make of very elegant second run overseas, Davo? Yeah, it was much better, Loz, wasn't it? I think um, in the long shot there over the weekend, she led and, and finished third there in the Group 2. Um, the arc still uh, alive, or the dream alive there to run in the arc after that performance. She needed to improve off the, the first run over there where she did finish last. So a much better performance by her. Still not at her absolute best, but I think it's fair to say, really, that you take out the, the Melbourne Cup and she probably hasn't been at her, at her best for a little while too. So... Whether they can get her back to her peak, I'm not sure. But, um, look, at least she's trending in the right direction over there with a, a much better effort on the, on the we- weekend. Gee, uh, Waterford, that's going to be finishing, uh, well, competing in much better races than benchmark 78s after making a three from three in Australia on the weekend. Yeah, that was just another level, wasn't it, Jared, on the weekend? Um, I must admit, staying at the same distance and... and uh, well, the track was fair, so there was no issue there. But just staying at the same trip was a bit of a concern for me for the horse on the weekend. But it was heavily back there and was so much more impressive than even the uh, the first up win. So that's three from three now in Australia. I'm not sure what they'll target with this galloper, but um, looks to be going places, that's for sure. And the great thing about his profile is um, he looks like he's going to get better when he gets over further too. He looks like he's going to be a really nice middle distance horse. So super win by him again and super exciting for connections if you're involved with him. Who are we following out of the meeting on Saturday? Look, I think in secret's the obvious one. I, I love her winning their run to the Rose. I think she's a deserving favourite in the Golden Rose. I, I thought Rustic Steele was terrific, and I think he's on track for whatever he's heading towards this preparation. 
Um, he was he hit the line really strongly there on the weekend. And the sin bin, well, I'm going to put Espiona in the sin bin, guys. I, I just thought she was disappointing. But more concerning than the actual finishing place was she wanted to lay in again. She's not going straight. So um, that's always a concern when I see that. She did that again there first up on the weekend. Yeah, concern for those that backed her too, let me tell you. <laughs> uh, Davo, thanks so much, mate. Have a good day. We'll chat tomorrow. And keep an eye out, by the way, Davo. Sandown race two tomorrow. Loz's Philly, Foxy. Foxy, Cleopatra, 12 into $7 this morning already off no scratching. So there you go. I was going to say, are they going to run some time this century or what are you doing? Oh, 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 we're just looking after um, uh, Davo. And if I can quote the great Bart Cummings, <laughs> patience is the cheapest thing in racing and the least used word. <laughs> There you go. Where did you get that from? Unbelievable.